Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, the wonderful private company owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. With Dr. Elsie's support, the Cat Chat Show brings you interviews with cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations, so you can better understand and appreciate your own feline family members. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters starting on Global Cat Day, October 16th, around the country, and will travel nationwide through 2022. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of earlier festivals for free on Tubi TV. I am delighted to kick off Share Your Story with a wonderful filmmaker whose film, Mel and Me, is in this year's New York Cat Film Festival. Share Your Story is a project of Dr. Elsie's, and it goes along with their Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation month of giving all the proceeds of Dr. Elsie's litter to the Multiple Myeloma Research Foundation, to which Dr. Elsie and his wife, who actually has multiple myeloma, have given over $13 million. So Share Your Story is part of the importance of pets in our lives when we are going through tough times. And Mel Futurian, who made this fantastic movie, Mel and Me, went through a very tough time, and it happened to be a medical one. And her kitty really and genuinely was who got her through it, and that's what her movie was about. So all the people that saw the, the fourth annual Cat Film Festival in New York and then all across the country, many more of you will have it booked into your theaters. So you'll, you'll see what we're talking about, and it'll make, give you yet another reason to want to come to the Cat Film Festival. Mel, what gave you the idea of, of making your movie through the, the voice and the point of view of your adorable kitty? Well, I really felt that I understood my cat and that he understood me and we had a communication and I felt that he would actually speak to me and vice versa. Uh, and so I thought that he should have the voice and tell the story what it was like. And that's how it got initiated. Well, it, it comes um, across <laughs> beautifully. It really works. Tell a little bit about how long you'd had him and at what point you became ill and, and, and just sort of the story of what this kitty did for you and was for you in a time of, of extreme pr crisis, pressure, uh, you know, medical nightmares. Yes. Well, to backtrack just a little bit, um, we were all, of course, uh, sheltering in place because of COVID, and I got COVID. And I was not doing well for months. Um, and that was about March 2020. So in August, I decided to go to a um, shelter and rescue a kitty. And I took him home. And the next day, he went to the emergency hospital. He was very ill. He almost died. The doctors did not give him a, a much of a chance. And um, he just had major issues. And I, But I had fallen in love with him. And I said, oh. I, whatever it takes, 
I'm going to get this little boy back on his feet. And he was overnight in the hospital, 36 hours intravenous. I mean, it it was really tough and it was breaking my heart because he was, he was very frightened. He had been found in a a cage, a trap on the street. Um, But yeah, yeah. Um, So he was always, he was very frightened. So I made this whole little area for him so he didn't have to leave the corner. You know, everything from his food to his litter, a little nest I made. He was so scared. Eventually, he started to venture out. And we became closer and closer and closer. He still to this day will not jump on my bed because of the height, because he was in a a high cage. And uh, that was very frightening for him. Yeah. Isn't that great, though, that that you had, and I think a lot of people who have cats have what mm-hmm. I consider an incredible patience and empathy. Yeah. Because when you take in a cat, whether it's full-grown or a kitten, so often they're traumatized. And a cat is in fight-or-flight yeah. mode anyway. And people right. can be impatient. What's the matter with this mm-hmm. cat? He's not friendly. How mm-hmm. wonderful that you knew. Oh, he's just scared. And, and in the movie, mm-hmm. it's so clear when he talks in his little voice about mommy being sick and and the things that he thinks he did for you while you were ill. But in fact, you were also (laughs) doing them for him. How much of the relationship with a cat do you think involves empathy and patience on the person's part all the time, not just if they're frightened, but other times? A hundred percent of the time, you need the love. You need to give that love, patience, caring. Um, I mean, they're creatures and, and they don't think the way we do only sometimes. And so I think you have to have the utmost care. Um, treat them like you would want somebody to treat you, of course. Um, so I got him in August, petrified, so frightened. Uh, and, and I just held him and the months went by. And then in November, uh, actually, I got some very bad news and I had to go into surgery. It was very, very serious. And um, I had been in the hospital two days. It was an eight-week recovery. And I would wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, There was no one to take care of me because of COVID. Oh, right. So it was just me and Kitty. Um, I had a friend uh, who came down to play with him and take care of him uh, and feed Bobcat. But he was so scared. He was under the bed and didn't eat the whole time I was away. So as soon as I got home, and it was very hard because I couldn't sit up by myself. I could hardly walk. Uh, But the doctor said, you need to move around. And just knowing that I had this adorable, sweet, loving, affectionate kitty, um, it it just was everything for me. Everything. Uh, We would... uh, eat our meals I would eat I mean I didn't have any company for like two years so he was my companion um my best friend and so I would um I'm sorry someone is beeping in my apologies Does it, we don't hear it don't uh, worry just ignore it okay all right perfect uh so I would sit on the floor and I would have my meals and he would have his meals next oh my to me. god and <laughs> and then because I forgot cats were nocturnal I thought, and, and recovering, I was like, oh, he wants to play. He's a kitty. Um, I would take a nap from 9 to midnight every night so I could play with him from midnight to 3. And oh, my a. goodness. Was, was definitely my cutoff point. So That's so generous known. of you. My God. Well, you accommodated <laughs> well, each other. And I guess that's yes. really what Share Your Story is supposed to be about. You know, the point of the project yes. is sort of, how a cat or, or a pet, any pet, but this is Cat Chat and they're Dr. Elsie, so let's focus on cats. 
The idea of cats as therapy animals is little yeah. understood by the outside world. But to people who have a bond like you created with Bobcat, it, yeah. the therapy that they give you every day, even when you're well, but this kitty, you got him in a way as therapy while recovering from COVID in the early yeah. days when people all around you, you're a New Yorker, were dying. I mean, it yes, was very tough. common for people to be dying. Here you were alone, mm-hmm. incredibly ill, not yeah. knowing if you'd live or die, and That's then true. taking months to recover, which is why we are so grateful mm-hmm. that so many people are vaccinating so that if they even were to get breakthrough COVID, they would yeah. never get it as bad as you got it or as people who expired from it. And this little guy yeah. was your cheer me up. And then you mm-hmm. had this huge medical crisis. And I yes. guess it was his dependence on you and your interrelation <laughs> that gave you some of the strength to get back on your feet. I mean, is it fair to say that? Absolutely. Absolutely fair. Yes, because sometimes I, I felt so frightened if you, you know, would wake up and you weren't feeling well or you felt a little feverish or very, you know, scared for whatever reason. I mean, sometimes I slept in my clothes and I had a bag next to me and my phone in case I had to call 911. Wow. And I would wake up and I would see, yeah, I mean, it was just really bad. And I would see this little creature next to me and he would just be purring and he'd be like, come on, mommy, I'm not going to jump on the bed, but I know it's three in the morning, but would you lie down <laughs> next to the refrigerator and the dirty mop and start to cuddle you? And then he'd walk around. I only had a studio apartment in New York. I mean, dreadfully like a shoebox, but half the apartment, I had his play area. I even had a oh fountain, trees, uh, grass. I mean, I had, you know, everything that I could have, play toys, you know, when I couldn't get up from bed for a long time, couldn't sit up by myself, really. I had this fishing rod that my cousin sent me that had, you know, feathers, but of course he didn't like the feathers on it. So I put little mice on it and we had games. I made a chess set out of all the cat food cans. I made sculptures out of the cat food cans. I'll have to show you some of that, actually. That would Um, be, that's amazing. I mean, talk about surviving covid yeah. as a woman alone in a tiny one-room yeah. apartment and then yeah, being studio. sick yeah. studio yeah. Uh, but i mean people don't understand yeah. maybe that live in other yeah. places a studio means one room that's all it is is one room oh, yes. not one yes. bedroom one room just right. the one room exactly and being yeah. sick not once but twice and both times yeah. severely ill and this little kitten yeah. Didn't understand the jeopardy you were in, but he was in jeopardy the whole time because he had such a bad start in life himself. True. I think we were the same person. My cousin jokes all the time. And, you know, it's like we're both very sensitive. We're both very fragile in a way, but we're also very strong and resilient. And we have, you know, uh, we're like one in the same. And I really do feel, you know, and I expressed this to you before, um, I understand a lot of his language. Like yes. if he says, you know, come here, or I want to play, or I'm hungry, or what, or leave me alone, I want to be in my house by myself. Yes. I, he, even, he even meows when he wants to go to the bathroom. No kidding. <laughs> lets you know? Yes. He lets me know. And and sometimes he wants me to pat him. <laughs> Keep him company? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. But, you know, yeah. I think yeah. that, I, I really do believe about cats, that you mm-hmm. reap what you sow. And that if people yeah. don't give a lot to a cat and create a bridge, give a lot of patience and give a lot of welcoming and open arms and yeah. show me who you are, cats remain yeah. aloof and cats remain detached. 
But when you extend a paw to them, so to speak, and encourage them to express themselves, and then you go outside of your own species to understand what they're saying, they tell Mm -hmm. you everything and they meet you more than halfway. But I I think that it's the, the rare cat lover even who understands how much you have to open your door to the cat. They're not going to come knocking on it, as most of them. I mean, you'll get the, you know, the main coon cat who knocks you over and says, are you serious? Of course I want to play. Or of course I want to go for a walk or a swim or whatever, you know, a main coon cat has in mind to do. Yes. But don't you yes. think that most cats have this reticence that that once you open their their trust and also the lines of communication to say, we do have a common language, let's find it, that they're very, yes. very receptive, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, I had to climb into his world a little bit, and, you know, I, I have this little cat language that I speak to him, and I mean, anyone they hear this will probably think I'm totally, you know, insane, but we do have, you know, some kind of communication, and my friend was a real skeptic, and I said, no, I'm, I'm going to videotape this for you and show you that if I call him, he will he will come or if I open the door he's waiting for me but if I'm outside the door in the hallway with someone else he will scoot under the bed yes. and disappear yes so it's he knows uh, very well I think um, a lot of people's cats will come when they're called there used to be a kind of thing well if you want the cat to come turn on the the can opener because back in the day when most cat food cans some still are had to be opened by a can <laughs> yeah. opener you just run the can opener and the cat would come running but I think those of us who've really taken our time with cats know that not only will they come if you call their name, but they know their name in a multi-cat household, just like dogs do. They respond Absolutely. to the, the name that you've ascribed to them and they've learned means you and them, not you and, and the black and white kitty on the other side of the room. I think it's, it's right. I think that your movie and your story just show the depth of attachment and communication that people and cats can have. And while I certainly wouldn't wish on anybody the challenges that you've had medically or even that you had with him when you first got him, I think it's yeah. a wonderful way for people to appreciate there's so much more to that relationship. And when you need them, cats will step up and be there for you if you let them if you let them know that they're needed. That's true. Even a little guy like him. I mean, he was just a youngster and a baby and scared himself. But the movie, Mm -hmm. Mel and Me, really gets across the idea that he had a sense, and you believe this because you're the filmmaker, of what you needed Mm -hmm. and what he could do for you. And he he tried his little kitten hardest to to be and do those things for you, to cheer you up, to to eat, and to keep you company during meals. I mean, that image is so touching, Mel, that you'd have your (laughs) meals together. I mean... Some people yes. have forgotten or, or never experienced just how isolating and brutally, depressingly lonely it was for people to, to yes. shelter in place and be locked down by themselves. And to have right. a cat or a dog with you was life-changing. I mean, who knows how you would have wound up without it, really. That's true. I agree. Uh, we're very, very attached. I mean, he's my roommate. He's my best friend. He's my <laughs> companion. And maybe he's a little bit better than some of the boyfriends I've had. Oh, know? I think everyone would agree about that. We we pick our pets better yeah. than we pick our mates a lot of the time. So at what <laughs> yeah. point during your illness or after it mm-hmm. did you realize, I think I could make a movie about us? 
Well, actually, I made the movie when I was sick. Wow. Uh, I made the movie when I was recovering. I uh, came back from the hospital, and I had no friends. I had because of COVID, nobody right. could come over. Right. Um, and and so I needed to, you know, and I found him so delightful. I, I was using my iPhone because it's an iPhone film, of course. And so I would say, "Oh, isn't he cute? I'm going to video this. I'm going to video oh, that." I see. And then I. But then while I was sick in bed, recovering from this horrific surgery, um, I made this film because it got me through. So not just my kitty, Bobcat, uh, but the process of making the film got me through something. I, I would wake up. I would try to comb my hair and put myself together a little bit and, um, you know, get something to eat. Uh, it was so hard to walk even and get back into bed and with my laptop. And I made the film in, from bed. Wow. Yeah. You know, Billie Eilish makes her songs from her bedroom. So why shouldn't you make your movie from your bedroom? I mean, it's incredible what we can do when we're inspired yeah. and motivated. And it seems to me that he was a lifeline for you. And so was making Without a movie question. about him and about your relationship. Mm -hmm. I hope that more people will share their stories. There's, you can certainly write to me at radiopetlady at gmail.com and tell me any story you want about your dog or cat and how they, they helped you through a tough time. But I think it's going to be hard to top Mel's story, and I'm sorry for Mel that that's the case. I wish, I wish <laughs> you hadn't had so many challenges, but how wonderful that that little guy helped get you through and that you could make such a beautiful movie about it. Mel, we've run out of time. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you and to know you through your film and now through this interview. I hope many other people will have a chance to get to the Cat Film Festival and see Mel and me. And, and oh, it's by the way. I'm sorry. It's Mel and Bobcat. I'm sorry, Mel and Bobcat. I said yes, Mel and okay, me, but yeah, yeah. No, Mel and Bobcat. No it's okay. The yeah. only place mm -hmm. they can see it right now is the Cat Film Festival. So when it comes on, you'll know who it is. <laughs> yes. yeah. Wonderful. Very good. Take Thank care, Mel. So Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and affection for cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which has broken new ground by creating a healthy, dry, and canned food for kitties called Clean Protein, which is inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I believe can be a healthy choice if you want to feed dry food, even as part of your kitty's diet.